Please come on in and have a seat and we can get our service started this morning. We want to welcome everyone to our Sunday morning service here at the Bunville Church of Christ. Thank you for being here this morning. A couple things before we get started. Beginning today, we will have an attendant nursery uh, during the worship service for parents that need it. So if you need the attended nursery, it uh, has started back up to, as of today. If you would at this time, please take the friendship register from the back of the pew and pass it down so that we can have a record of everyone's attendance. Also, please remember that our midweek service this week will be on Tuesday. Uh, Tuesday night and after the service we'll have the pie supper so everyone make plans to be here on Tuesday night for the Thanksgiving devotional plus the pie supper that follows it. We're here this morning to worship the Lord. Let's begin our, our time together in prayer. Our Father, thank you for the many blessings that you bestow upon us. Our Father, we're mindful of the season of Thanksgiving and we pray that we will be thankful for all of the many blessings that you bestow upon us. Father, we're thankful for the church here that meets in Boonville, for all those that are involved in all of the many activities that go on. Father, we're thankful that we have Brother Jordan Coates that will be speaking to us today. We pray that you will be with him as he speaks to us. May the things that he's prepared be the things that we need to hear today. Be with us as we go through this service today. Help us to listen to the words and the songs and, and worship you in a manner pleasing to you. These things we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. First song this morning, number 144. 144, oh, worship the King. It's all sing. Oh, worship the King, oh, worship the I'm 
pray please. Our Heavenly Father, we come before you. We come so grateful. We're grateful for the blessing of having been able to have gotten up this morning and to be able to come and assemble here as one body, your church, and as we spend this time together in worship to you, may we do it in a way that will bring honor and glory into you. And may we always seek to do those things. We're grateful for the presence of each and every one that is here. We ask you to watch over, to be with, and care for those that are not for whatever their circumstances might be. And if it be your will that they be brought back to us, we are mindful that there are several of our number that are struggling with physical health in various ways, and we pray your hand and your comfort be upon them, those that are administering care to them in whatever way it may be, and if it be your will that they be restored to their health once more and likewise may be able to return to us, we are likewise mindful that there are those who may be struggling spiritually and for whatever their reasons may be for that, we pray that they will look into you, but also may we be the ones to help restore them and to help them get back to where they need to be. We ask you to be with us throughout the remainder of this service and may we Keep our hearts and our minds opened and attentive to the things that Jordan has prepared to present to us, and may we make the necessary application of those things, including any corrections that we may need to make. We ask you to be with our elders as they oversee the flock, and may we do, do things in such a way that they are able to do it with joy rather than with sorrow. We ask you to be with our deacons as they serve in various capacities and that they will carry out their work to the best of their ability and may we aid them in that as we have opportunity. We just ask you to watch over us and to be with us in all things. And for this we ask and in Jesus' name, amen. If you'd like to mark the invitation song, number 927. <clears throat> 927. Psalm of scripture reading this morning. How sweet, how heavenly, number 709. <clears throat> how sweet, how heavenly is the sight of 
The scripture reading this morning comes from 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 12. For as the body is one and has many members, but all the members of that one body, being many, are one body, so also is Christ. Good morning. Well, you got me today. Um... I realize I'm a little bit nervous, not necessarily for standing in front of people and talking, but because I know some of you may have shown up today thinking, I'm going to hear Ken Forrest speak. And it's kind of like, a, probably like kind of, you got tickets to a Beatles concert, and you get there, and the monkeys are playing. And it's like, we like the monkeys, we're good songs, good stuff, but that's not why we bought the tickets. Um, so anyways, some big shoes I'm trying to fill today. Uh, hopefully, I can help you learn something about yourself and uh, learn something about the other people in this room as well today. Uh, I want to thank you, Drew, for reading that scripture. Um, in case you haven't didn't figure out, we're going to be in 1 Corinthians a little bit today. And I didn't want to overwhelm him with the amount of scripture to kind of give us the context. So what I'm going to do at this time is I'm actually going to read. We're going to go back to 1 Corinthians 12. We're going to start in verse 12. And I'm going to read for us. You can follow, follow along in your Bible. You can follow along on the screen. But we're going to read verses 12 through 31 to kind of give us our context for what we're going to be talking about today. What do I point this at? Hmm? Oh. They think of everything these days. Okay. All right. Okay, so starting verse 12. For just as the body is one and has many parts, and all the parts of that body, though many, are one body, so also is Christ. For we were all baptized by one spirit into the one body, whether Jews or Greeks, whether slaves or free, and we were all given one spirit to drink. Indeed, the body is not one part, but many. If the foot should say, because I'm not a hand, I don't belong to the body, it is not for that reason any less part of the body. It is not, <clears throat> and if the ear should say, because I'm not an eye, I don't belong to the body, it is not for that reason any less part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the hearing be? If the whole body were an ear, where would the sense of smell be? But as it is, God has arranged each one of the parts in the body just as he wanted. And if they were all the same part, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts but one body. The eye cannot say to the hand, I don't need you. Or again, the head to say to the feet, I don't need you. On the contrary, those parts of the body that are weaker are indispensable. And those parts of the body we consider less honorable, we clothe with greater honor. And our unrespectable parts are treated with greater respect, which our respectable parts do not need. Instead, God has put the body together, giving greater honor to the less honorable, so that there would be no division in the body, but that the members who would have the same concern for each but that the members would have the same concern for each other. So if one member suffers, all the members suffer with it. If one member is honored, all the members rejoice with it. Now you are the body of Christ, and individual members of it. And God has appointed these in the church, first apostles, second prophets, third teachers, next miracles, the gifts of healing, helping, leading, various kinds of tongues. Are all apostles? Are all prophets? Are all teachers? Do all do miracles? Do all have gifts of healing? Do all speak in tongues? Do all interpret? But desire the greater gifts, and I will show you an even better way. So we know in Paul's letter to the church at Corinth, apparently the Corinthians, they were just getting a little chaotic, right, in their worship. Uh, he starts out, and if you know, in the first chapter, he's like calling them because they're boasting about, well, I follow this one or I follow that one, and they're all they're very divided, and they're boasting about maybe who baptized them and wh which of these men they follow. So you know, Paul's addressing that first and foremost. He's like, you know, this isn't about me; it's about God. We serve one God; we're one body. He's calling for unity the whole time. Uh, you even get into verse, I mean, chapter eleven, and he's talking about. You know, women's roles, because apparently women were just standing up and speaking and just doing things. There was really no organization in their worship services. Uh, people were just doing things willy-nilly. Uh, he even addressed the Lord's Supper, the way they were partaking of it, because they were, you know, dividing up. They were like kind of in their little cliques, and they, some people were doing it this way. Some people were doing it that way. They were abusing it. Uh, and so he's really calling them out on all this stuff and saying, you're very divided. You're a divided church. And at one point he even said... Uh, I would say that you're in factions. Now, when I hear the word factions, I don't know how many of y'all have seen the, either the Divergent series or read the books. They were kind of mediocrely popular, but um, it was a setting of a utopian environment where the, the 
government or the powers that be, they would put everyone in a faction based on some kind of test they did. And this big saying they had was faction before blood. So even if your own family was in a different group, group than you, group of people, faction, you pretty much didn't associate with them. You stay with the people that were like you and that was your label and that was what you went by. And so that's what I kind of think about when I think if he said people are in factions is that they've kind of got their label that goes with their group and their people and that's what they want to be with. And uh, boy, do we love a good label today. Y'all think about, you know, how many different things, you know, the, what is it, 16 personalities, e, EF, ENFJ, IFJ, all the different letters anyways. Uh, you got that thing. You've got um, <clears throat> which Hogwarts house are you? Which, you know, if I was a bottle of shampoo, what would I be? Some, you know, all these weird things on the internet. Um, that's all these labels that we're looking for. Uh, there's no shortage of, of, of mental health diagnoses to choose from. Not that those things don't matter, okay? But there's, there's a lot of them, right? Um, there's a lot of different labels we have for ourselves. <clears throat> And they're important maybe in a sense that they tell us something about ourselves, but still a lot, a lot of the labels we use, not, not all of them, some of them matter, but a lot of the labels we use, it, they just kind of irritate me because I feel like sometimes we place ourselves, we're like, oh, that, that's me, I'm an Aquarius, so those are all things of me, so I'm putting myself in this box, and then I let, allow those people to define what I am and who I am. And maybe that keeps me from growing a little bit. Um, I don't know why we like to be labeled so much. Maybe it makes us feel like we have other people that are like us or someone sees us or someone gets us. I don't know. Um, but anyways, we really like, we really like to um, put ourselves in these categories and sometimes we might, you know, we might get ourselves trapped a little bit because we refuse. We're letting these people tell us what we are. We refuse to grow. We refuse to acknowledge the parts of ourselves that are not like that and um, maybe step out of the box a little bit. But that being said, um, what I'm going to do today is I'm actually gonna give you a label. So uh, this is actually a personality quiz. Now let me, let me explain myself. So we talked about all the different parts of the body here that Paul was talking about. All the parts work together as a church, the unity, one body. And so I've done this little quiz before with the teens. It was, it's been a few years, so they may or may not remember it. But I thought, you know, that's a really good thing uh, that can help you learn a lot about yourself as well as learn a lot about the other people in this room that may be different from you. So what I want to do today is I want us, I've got, if you have a bulletin, I've got your letters in there for you. If you don't have a bulletin, you can just write your letters down. You can punch them in your phone. But I want to be a little bit interactive this morning. So... What we're gonna do, these, these men, all these names up here, they're the one that developed this. I didn't develop this. So I, I gave them credit up there. They're the ones that came up with this. And so what we're gonna do is, this is just gonna hopefully help you learn a little bit about yourself and kind of be a guide for you. Uh, more so, don't, don't put yourself in the box, the, this label that I'm giving you. Uh, but there's gonna be 10 questions, uh, A through D, and I want you to really think about your answer. And I want you to uh, circle the answer that you would be most likely to do. You might think, well, I might do this one or this one. Uh, try, to, try to think about what is your, would be your best answer. And try to be honest with yourself because sometimes I think we want to answer, well, that's the one I should do, so that's what I'm going to mark. But uh, try to be honest. Uh, think about what you would really do in these situations. It's going to be 10 questions, and I'm going to try to go through them. I'll read them for you in the answers. Try to give you enough time to answer them, but you need to keep up. You need to keep up with your answers to these because it's going gonna, it's gonna to tell you, you know, it's going to give you all this information about yourself at the end. So, first question. If you're in a group project, you A, don't mind taking the lead, you quietly formulate a plan, you provide comic relief, or you grow impatient when the group fails to produce results. <clears throat> so you're in a group project. You take the lead, you formulate a plan quietly to yourself, you're the class clown, or you're impatient because nothing's getting done. <clears throat> okay, number two. If I start going too fast, y'all can just like hold your hand up or something, I'll slow down a little bit. 
someone at church mentions a service opportunity coming up. You A, quickly sign up and begin recruiting others. B, you may or may not sign up, but in either case, you don't make a big deal about it. C, you may, sign, you may not sign up, but you always show up. D, you will gladly work, but only if someone lets you know you're needed. So a service opportunity, you sign up, you get others to go with you. You may or may not sign up, but you just don't really make a big deal about it. You might not sign up, but you're going to show up. Or you gladly work, but someone needs to let you know they need you. Okay, number three. You arrive for a meeting and the room is full, but the one running the meeting is late. So what do you do? A, you begin to brainstorm ways on how to give the meeting some structure, maybe take over it yourself. Uh, B, you wait patiently for something to happen. C, you hang out with everybody until the meeting gets started. Or D, you wonder what's taking so long. There's a meeting, the person running it's late. Which one of these do you do? Okay, we good? All right, number four. You see someone being bullied. You A, try to step in and stop it. B, you want to do something, but you're not sure what to do. C, you try to make the victim feel better through encouragement. D, you step in and confront the bully boldly and don't back down. So if someone's bullied, you try to step in and stop it. You want to do something, but you don't really know what to do. You try to make the victim feel better by encouraging them, or you go head on and confront the bully. <clears throat> Number five. Now, I'll be honest about this one. I know a lot of you probably, like, I'm, I'm C. I don't have room for drama in my life, but uh, be honest with yourselves. <laughs> so drama is something you, A, try to fix. B, you try to ignore. C, you don't have any desire to be a part of, so you let things roll off of you. Or D, you face head on, just dive right into it. <clears throat> so drama, you try to fix it, try to ignore it. You don't wanna be a part of it, so you just don't take anything personally, or you face it head on. <clears throat> okay, you're staying at a group camp, getaway retreat, you're, you're some sort of thing that requires you to go and stay in a cabin with other people. You walk into your cabin, but all the bunks are taken. You A, try to figure out a way to squeeze more people in the cabin. B, you don't say a word about the situation to anybody and you just figure out a solution that works for you. C, you sleep on the floor just so you can be with all your friends. Or D, you decide to go stay somewhere else. <clears throat> okay. Number seven. You find out your closest friend is starting to make some poor choices. You A, think about some things your friend might need to hear. You try to methodically formulate a strategy on how to best confront them. B, you wait for your friend to open up before you speak to them. C, you try to spend some extra time with this friend in hopes that an opportunity will arise where you can talk about what's been going on. Or D, you go to the friend and confront them. You, friend making poor choices, you either formulate a strategy you wait for them to open up, you spend more time with them, or you go right to them and you confront them. <clears throat> so number eight, which of these do you feel most comfortable doing? A, leading a devotional, B, serving in the background, C, meeting and greeting people, or D, doing whatever needs to be done? Most comfortable doing. You lead a devotional, serve in the background, you meet and greet people, or you do whatever needs to be done. <clears throat> Number nine, how do you handle it when you go through something tough? A, you try to figure out things on your own. B, you handle it privately if possible because attention is not your style. C, you confide in some of your friends and ask them to pray about it. Or D, you keep working hard and push through it because after all, life is tough. So if you go through something tough, you try to figure out things on your own, you keep it private because you don't want any attention, you talk to your friends about it, or you push through it because life's hard. All right, last question. And think about these characters and their stories. A Bible character that I identify with is A, David, 
a strong, big-hearted leader. B, Moses, a faithful, quiet leader by example. C, John, that's the Apostle John, the loving, encouraging friend and disciple of Jesus. Or Paul, a bold, passionate, outspoken, hardworking servant. So which character do you most identify with? Now, I'm going to give you all a little bit of time. I want you to figure out which letter you answered most. Um, you probably, there's probably no one in here that had all the same letter for every single answer, which is, again, why I don't want you to completely place yourself in this one box. But it's to help you know what, what you're, which one you most relate with. So <clears throat> which letter you answered most, tally them up, and then write down that letter that you had the most answers to. And that's going to be your letter for the remainder of this service. Still see a few people, so I'll give you plenty of time. <clears throat> okay, so which body part? We're all parts of one body. Which body part am I? Okay, so if you have mostly the letter A, you are the heart. If you are letter B, the brain. If you have letter C, you're the mouth. <laughs> yeah. If you have the letter D, you're the muscle. Now, so what do these things mean? Well, I'm going to give you, uh, we're going to go, I'll give you just kind of a quick description of them, and then we're going to go over them a little bit in depth one by one. So, heart, you're a leader, you plan, you're responsible and disciplined. The brain, your thinkers, planners, obviously you use your brain, uh, but you'd also try to avoid conflict and you're soft-spoken, but you are dependable. So the mouth, you're the friendly, magnetic, outgoing, energetic, and inclusive one. So you're the, you're the extroverts, right? And the muscle, you're bold and passionate and hardworking. You like to speak the truth and you're very task-oriented. That's just kind of a brief synopsis of each one. And then... <clears throat> these are going to be some Bible characters. Uh, you may think of more characters than the ones listed here, but uh, here's some examples of Bible characters that kind of fit into these categories. And you can kind of think about which one you most relate to. Write that person down. Maybe that's someone you can go read about uh, when you need some inspiration for what you should do or maybe some things they did that you need to not do. Um, but... Think about some of these Bible characters. So if you are a heart, you're like Joshua, David, Deborah, or Abraham. <clears throat> Brains, you can be like Moses, Joseph, Mary, or Daniel. Well, if you're a mouth, you're like John, the Apostle John, Barnabas, Ruth, or Jonathan. And muscles, you could be like Paul, Peter, Noah, or John the Baptist. So just pick you a character that you think you would relate to, and you can write that one down just as kind of a reference if you want to go and read about them. But now we're going to get into, we're going to get into these a little bit more in depth. So these people, they, they came up with all this, and they come up with a list of potential strengths and potential weaknesses uh, for each one of these people. So this is the part where you, you really learn something about yourself, maybe. Uh, maybe something you, don't, you do or don't want to know. And then uh, also, if it's not, if it's not your, your letter that we're talking about, uh, pay attention to some of the other people's, uh, the people that are different than you, some of their strengths, some of their weaknesses. And this is the part that I really liked going over with because I feel like it, it really helps us to, to be able to understand the people that are different from us and the ways we can work together. Okay, so if you're a heart, if you got letter A, here are some possible strengths. Now, you may or may not have some or all of these. Um, I didn't write it. Don't be mad at me. <laughs> but the potential strengths that you may have is that you, you're leaders, obviously. You like to plan and motivate. You're go-getters. So you take initiative. You're good at seeing the big picture. Uh, you're very courageous. You're comfortable with taking charge of something. 
Uh, you're the responsible ones. You're very disciplined, and you're not afraid to take risks, so you're risk takers. Uh, you like to fix things, uh, whether it's people or situations, you, you like to fix things. And you also like to seek to lead others to success. So uh, not just getting a pathway to success for yourself, you like to lead others there as well. So those are good things about you if you are heart. Now here are some potential weaknesses that you may have if this is your personality type. You could be unwilling to let others lead. You might be, uh, you might be a little bit stubborn about other people's plans. You can come across as a know-it-all, possibly. You could also be perceived as bossy, and you might have unrealistic expectations. Maybe you have difficulty delegating. So if there's a whole bunch of things need to be done, you might have trouble giving jobs, smaller jobs, to different people because you, you, you want to be able to see it all, to do it all yourself. Um, so that might be difficult for you. You might be frustrated when people don't follow because you're, you're the leaders after all, right? It's what you do. You, do. you lead and people follow you. So if people don't follow you, uh, that might frustrate you. Maybe sometimes you have trouble knowing when it's time to step aside. You might struggle with listening and it might, you might have a hard time handling criticism. So that's potential strengths and potential weaknesses of the heart. So find a few there in each category to kind of focus on for yourself. You might want to write those down. Now the brains. Here's some of your strengths. You can have a sharp mind, obviously. You're very intelligent. You're thinkers and planners. You're creative. Um, you can tend to avoid conflict, uh, but you're very capable and dependable. You're very humble, so you don't seek the spotlight. Uh, so brains, you're the you're good at coming up with ideas and doing things, but it's usually kind of in the background, and you don't want to you don't want to see you don't want recognition necessarily in front of everybody. You don't want to be the center of attention. Uh, but those are those are good things. You're very humble. Now, some weaknesses you may have, you may not be very good at communicating. Uh, you might have trouble motivating others. Your quietness could be confused for a lack of passion. So we'll talk about it in a second. For the mouths, this can really frustrate them, right? Because they're extroverts and they're like, look at us. And then they come up on one of these brain people and they're just kind of quiet and reserved. And sometimes it's hard to understand the dynamic there of how those two people can be so different. Um, so, important for you to know about yourself that your quietness could be confused with a lack of passion, but also important for other people to know that that's just how they are, okay? <laughs> also, um, you may not always speak up when needed. You may be hesitant. Uh, again, your shyness could be misinterpreted as rudeness. You might be resistant to do things that put you in the spotlight. Sometimes people might overlook you just, just because of you're quiet and you're reserved and you're kind of like to stay in the background, and it might be hard for you to open up. So those are potential weaknesses. Now, okay, the mouths. Here's some of your strengths, potentially. You're, very, you're the free-spirited, you're relaxed and friendly, you, you love to encourage people, you may have a magnetic personality. You like to bring people together, you like to be inclusive, you're outgoing, cheerleaders, so you love to cheer people on, you're, you root for them. You're energetic, you're lighthearted, very easy to get along with, you like building relationships, you're big-hearted, and you're dreamers, so you dream, you dream big. We're going to do all of it, right? And then you, you like to really spend time around others. So those are some of your strengths. Some of your weaknesses may be that you could be difficult to nail down. You might feel a pressure to always be on. So because you all are all the, always the extroverts in the room, right, you might feel this pressure of that you're always expected to be. Um, it uses a lot of energy, right? So maybe you feel that pressure. You may lack discipline. Uh, you may not be very good at planning. And if you do plan, your plans may change a whole lot because you don't, aren't very good at really laying out a plan and sticking to it. So because of this laid-back approach, uh, it can be frustrating to some of the other people's because what, what's one thing that's listed on pretty much every one of the other personality types is they're planners. Well, you're not. So this is, this is the main thing that's different for this personality type from maybe the other three is these, these people maybe they're so free-spirited that they don't like to necessarily plan things out. So that's one thing that's to specifically I think we need to be aware of, of a difference between our, our different types of people also, you, um, your laid-back approach may frustrate others. You may not take things very seriously enough. 
Um, you can direct, lack direction or focus. Sometimes you may not take things through very well. <laughs> okay, and last but not least, we got the muscle. Potential strengths, you're bold, passionate, strong-willed. You're not easily swayed, so you, these people, they don't give in to peer pressure very easily. They're hardworking, um, they're a straight shooter, they like to speak the truth, they like to, uh, they like to stick to a plan. In case any of you haven't figured out, this is usually the result I get when I do this. Uh, you, you're a team player, you understand your role, you're very task-oriented and dependable, you get things done. You're a self-starter, so you don't, you don't need a whole lot of supervision when you're doing something. You like to just get in there and get the work done. Uh, you don't necessarily need someone holding your hand. You're, you're the one that's dependable to get things done. Uh, but you're also very realistic because you have, you have been so good at planning things and stick, sticking to those tasks and seeing them out. You know what's a realistic goal. Um, you, may be, you know when there's more that you can do, and you also know when you might be uh, reaching for too much. So you're very realistic people. Now. The weaknesses for the muscles. Maybe you lack tact. You could be stubborn. Maybe you get easily frustrated or flustered. So expressive and emotional. You, this, you know, everyone can be those ways, right? But these people, maybe you get, you know, overly expressive or overly emotional uh, because of how easily you get frustrated. Because uh, you expect others to actually have the same amount of discipline that you do, and they just don't. And you seem to lack compassion. You can be abrasive. Maybe you're overly opinionated. Maybe you're impatient. Sometimes you can overreact, and uh, you also can quite easily be misunderstood. So those are some things about you. So hopefully, hopefully you learned something. Hopefully you learned something about yourself about the other people, the different type of people in this room. But why have we done this? Why, Jordan, why have you taken us through all this uh, like we're in a seminar or something? Well, there's a point to this. So I'm going to take us to Ephesians. We're going to leave 1 Corinthians for just a second and look at Ephesians chapter 4. And I'm going to read verses 1 through 6 for us. Until, and we're going to kind of look at why, why I've gone through all this. So therefore I, this is Paul talking, the prisoner in the Lord, urge you to walk worthy of the calling you have received with all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another in love, making every effort to keep the unity of the spirit through the bond of peace. There is one body and one spirit, just as you were called to one hope at your calling. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and father of all who is above all and through all and in all. So what was the point of all this? Well, we've received a calling, right? And we're all very different. We learned this, right? We're very different people, different personality types. Sometimes it's easier for us if we find the people that we're alike and we kind of stick with them. But we received a calling. And it says, he told us we're supposed to bear with one another in love. So even though we're all different, we're supposed to bear with one another. The, the word bear kind of tells me that we're going to get frustrated with one another sometimes because we're different people. We're not supposed to do the same things. So we're to bear with one another in love and walk worthy of the calling we have received. What, what is our calling? That's why we went through all this. I wanted you to kind of see which one of these body parts you relate most to uh, because you have, you have work to do. You have a job to do. And what are some, so what are some things that you can do? Well, I've actually compiled a list have a, just some suggestions for each one of you, and I think that these things are things that would be best taken advantage based on some of these personality types. You may think of some more, and that's fine, but I do want to challenge you that uh, based on what you've learned today, I would like for you to pick at least one of these things. Try to do that within the next week. Um, it's a way for you to serve. Uh, a lot of them are very simple and easy. I know it's the holidays, but coming up, but, you know, maybe that might make it a little easier, actually. But what are some ways you can serve? What are some good ways? So if you're a heart, here are some things that you can do to serve. And just try to pick one of these things, just one. You could make a visit with a minister. Have lunch with an elder. You might volunteer to help with a worship service or a devo or something. Schedule a Bible study with someone. Plan and organize an event. 
you can actively work towards a leadership role. So if you desire to be a deacon or an elder or a minister of some sort, start working towards that, okay? Make sure that you're going to qualify for that when the time comes, okay? You could also teach class. Okay, if you're a brain, you can write a card to someone who is sick or hospitalized. I don't think we always realize how important this is. I've never been a big card writer, but I didn't realize until a couple years ago when I had my surgery, um, which I thought, you know, it was kind of a big surgery, but not really in comparison to what a lot of other people have, so I wasn't really expecting, but I got about this many cards in the mail, and I cannot tell you how much that meant. And it's this, the small things like that that just make a huge difference, uh, just a little note of encouragement. So these are very important people, these people who send out these cards. So write a card to someone who's sick or hospitalized. You can make a gift for someone. You could prepare and take foods to a shut-in. Perfect week to do that. You can sit with them for a minute. Uh, ask a minister if you can help design a t-shirt or poster for an event or anything, really. You can, you know, help with a bulletin board, do something like that. Or maybe you want to try to help do something with the church website. I mean, there's, there's a lot of different options as far as a creative outlet there. Volunteer to help with technology, media, or AV. Um, people upstairs, I'm sure they would love help. Uh, people that are, you know, our, our website again. I guess I could have put those together. But anyways, lots of different options for you techie people. You can help with the security. And brains, yes, you can also teach a class. Okay, mouths. And we've kind of laughed about the mouths, right? Because it's just funny, because we all think of at least one or two people, and we're like, yeah, that person's a mouth. Uh, but these people are so important to evangelism. Because you think about it, uh, you may have someone that's a muscle or a brain, and they've done the work to get somebody here. Uh, maybe they're coming here to hear the, the hearts that stand up here, and they speak, and uh, they like that, and they, they're like, I can't wait to hear that person. But what's going to keep someone coming back? The fact that they have friends the fact that they've built relationships with people, okay? This is your biggest job that you can do is to form these relationships with people. You're so important to evangelism. So you could sit with someone that you do not know well at a worship service or a fellowship event. Spend some time with someone younger than you. Help mentor them. You can have lunch with a minister or elder. Text or call someone that you notice hasn't been to church in a while. Tell them that we love them, that we miss them. Tell them to come hang out with you, sit by you. You can be a greeter. You can open your home to newcomers. And Miles, you can also teach a class. <laughs> All right, muscles. So you can find an elderly person who could use some help around the house, help with cleanup after the next fellowship event or meal. You can volunteer to help set up the next event. You can dream up and organize a service project. So come up with a service project and then make it happen. Get a group of people together to do it. You can uh, find a bus route to drive. Help a leader or a heart to carry out a plan and be a right-hand man. This is important because if you think about it, I mean, we need all of these parts to work together, right? But this, I think this is a very important relationship because you think about the people who would be the leaders, the hearts. Very, very often, they have one of these muscle people as their right-hand man, right? So it's very important to establish those relationships because when this was initially done, it was, it was catered to teens, right? So it was more like, which Ninja Turtle are you? Uh, so the leaders, that was the Leonardo. And then the muscle, that was Raphael. Well, if you know anything about the Ninja Turtles... You know, anytime Leonardo is out of commission, who's the one that steps up and leads the group? It's, it's the muscle, right? It's, it's Raphael. So that's why these relationships between these two people are important, is because you're, you're the worker. You do whatever needs to be done. You're the ones that can be counted on if a leader needs help or needs someone to cover for them, uh, to step in and fill their role just for a small amount of time. That's, what, that's a good relationship to have. And muscles, you can also teach a class. I got you, Stephen. <laughs> okay. So these are just the suggestions, ways to walk worthy of your calling, right? How do we walk worthy? So we're going to go right back to 1 Corinthians. We're going to get to chapter 13, the love chapter, right? So just follow along with me. I'm going to read verses 1 through 7. 
If I speak human or angelic tongues but do not have love, I am a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. If I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have all faith so that I can move mountains but do not have love, I am nothing. And if I give away all my possessions, and if I give over my body in order to boast but do not have love, I gain nothing. Love is patient, love is kind, love does not envy, it's not boastful, is not arrogant, it's not rude or self-seeking, it's not irritable and does not keep a record of wrongs. Love finds no joy in unrighteousness but rejoices with the truth. It bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. <clears throat> so you can, do, you can do every single thing that I listed up there. You can do every one of those things. But if you don't have love... Does it mean anything? No. It's pointless. So we got to let love. Love's got to be rooted in all that we do. Right? Because if we don't do that, that's, that's the whole reason that we have to have that to have unity. Because if we don't love each other, you're not going to want to work with people that are different than you. Right? So we should be, love should be rooted in all that we do. We should love God so much. We should love each other so much that we want to work together and that we want to serve together. So these, the quiz results I gave you, they're just, they're, they're just a suggestion. They're a guide for you to kind of help you, especially if, if you don't really know how to get involved, how to belong here. If you're having a trouble feeling like you don't really know your place, this is just kind of help you, help you get started. Don't feel like you have to stay in this category that I've given you. Feel free to grow and branch out. Um, Reach into different areas if that's what you want to do. But just remember. Remember that someone, just because someone is different than you, it doesn't mean that they are any less important than you or more important than you. Someone may have a different gift, but they are no less important to the body of God. So because of that, I think we need to make sure we're encouraging one another. Now, y'all, this is a very, a very encouraging group here, very much so. But I want you to think about it. Who is most likely to receive the encouragement? The hearts, right? The people that stand up here. The people, you see their faces, you hear their voices, the figureheads. They are the easiest ones to give encouragement to. What about all these other people, though? Do we encourage them? When's the last time you went to, to Bobby Brazel and said, man, you're cooking we need that so much in this church. Thank you so much for serving that way. What about Chris Beard? He drives that bus every single time, consistently. He brings people here. Thank you so much for doing that. We need that. The Lord's church needs that. What about, you know, Miss Sue Mason, she will make anybody cookies or a big cookie. And we need, that is so encouraging. Thank you so much for doing that. You are, your service is so appreciated in that way. Um, even, when's the last time you said uh, to Kim Fowler or Trina Maddox or any of these other, lots of other people in here that will send you an encouragement card all the time. They just want to encourage you and they're going to send you all kinds of cards. Just overwhelm you with encouragement. Man, we need people like you. Thank you so much for doing that. What about the... You know, the, the tech team up here. I don't really know what your official name is, but, you know, the people that run the PowerPoints and they help you help our singing so you don't have to look up and down from a book. They keep our live streams going so if you're sick and you can watch when you're not here. Man, thank y'all. Thank y'all for being so dedicated to that. When's the last time you said thank you to Dee Worley for the, she does beautiful flower arrangements or bulletin boards and she keeps real creative stuff going in here. Thank you. We need people like that. Thank you, Merlin Maydean, for doing literally everything. <laughs> so I could keep going. I could keep going all day long with all the different people in this room and all the great things they do. Maybe you think people don't notice, but we do. But I want to encourage, encourage you to encourage them. So be sure that we encourage not just the hearts. The hearts need it too. Great job, hearts. You do a lot of work. You're leaders. We appreciate you. Encourage the other parts of the body as well. So maybe, maybe you've had trouble. Maybe you've had trouble with this. Maybe you've had trouble feeling like you don't know how to belong. You don't really know what your place is in the body. And I hope, hopefully you've learned something today that can help you uh, get involved. Because you do have a calling. 
you have a job to do, and it's up to you to do it. Uh, but maybe you need help with that. Maybe you need us to help guide you, uh, give you some suggestions. Maybe you're new to the Lord's Church, and you really just want to find out how to get started, or maybe you haven't taken the first step yet. Maybe you want to be baptized, and then hit the ground running from there. Uh, whatever place you're at in your walk, your walk of service, we want to be able to help you. So if there's anything that we can do for you today, we ask you to come as we stand and as we sing. Jesus waiting, waiting purpose of coming to this earth was to seek and save the lost. Matthew the 26th chapter beginning with verse 26. I'm going to read to you but Jesus realized that part of the 
purpose of him coming to earth, the, the requirement for him to seek and to save the lost required his death on the cross. And in Matthew, the 26th chapter, verses 26 beginning, the Bible reads, And as they were eating, Jesus took bread and blessed and broke it. And he gave it to the disciples and said, Take eat, this is my body. Then he took the cup and gave thanks and gave it to them, saying, Drink from it, all of you. For this is my blood of the New Testament, which is shed for many for the remission of sins. But I say to you, I will not drink of this fruit of the vine from now on until that day when I drink it new with you in my Father's kingdom. On the day of uh, Pentecost, that kingdom came into existence and in 1 Corinthians, the uh, 20th chapter and verse 7, we find that the New Testament church came together on the first day of the week to partake of those memorials. It's the first day of the week today, and so we as the Lord's church come together to partake of the body and the blood of Jesus. So if you'll bow with me, we'll offer thanks for the, for the bread. Our Heavenly Father, excuse me just a minute. There's people that may not have the emblems. I forgot, I'm sorry for that. If you, if you don't have an emblem, if you raise your hand, we'll uh, see that you get one. I believe everyone has an emblem now, if you'll bow with me. Dear Heavenly Father, we're so very thankful that you loved us enough to allow your son to come to this earth and to die on Calvary's cross so that we might have remission of our sins. We pray your blessings be with us today as we partake of this bread which represents his body that was broken on that cross. Help us to do so in a way and manner that would please you. These things we ask in Christ's name. Amen. If you bow with me again, we'll offer thanks for the fruit of the vine. Heavenly Father, we're thankful for this, the fruit of the vine, which represents Jesus' blood that was shed on Calvary's cross. We're thankful, Father, for that blood that can remove every sin from our, our lives. We're thankful that he was willing to come and to offer his body and his blood on the cross so that, so that we could enjoy the remission of sins and hope of eternal life in heaven when his day is over. So be with us as we remember that blood that was shed there. And may we partake of this fruit of the vine which represents his blood in a way that would please you. In Christ's name we ask, amen. That concludes the Lord's Supper. 1 Corinthians, the 16th chapter, verses 1 and 2, Paul says, As if I have given order to the churches of Galatia, even so do you. Upon the first day of the week, let every one of you lay by in store, as God has prospered him, that there be no gatherings when I come. So we have an opportunity to lay by in store today, and uh, because of COVID, we do it a little differently now than we did in times past, but if you look on the screen, uh, Behind me today, you will see how you may uh, contribute of your means. So if you'll bow with me, we'll give thanks for the blessings that God has given us. Our Heavenly Father, we're, we're so thankful that we live in a country where uh, we are blessed beyond possibly every generation that's ever lived before. We have uh, been blessed in so many different ways. We pray, Father, that we would show our appreciation for the things that we have, and we realize that all the good things that we have come from you. Help us to give back to you cheerfully and with a 
giving heart. Help us to do, do our giving in a way that would uh, be consistent with your will for us. These things we ask in Christ's name. Amen. Good morning. Thank you, Jordan, for that excellent lesson from the Word of God. It is a blessing to have you as a brother in Christ. Uh, this morning, for several weeks, there's been a list in the back that I had asked teachers, veteran teachers of 25 years, to uh, sign that list uh, as we are thinking about maybe uh, doing so where we are going to do something in early December in honor of our teachers. I'm going to take that list up today, and I, so I want to say one last thing about it. If you haven't had a chance to sign it, please do so. But also, it may be that some of you are... Uh, 25-plus-year veteran uh, Bible class teachers who have faithfully served the Lord teaching here for many years, but some of those years may have begun uh, in another congregation before you moved here. We want uh, to honor you as well, so make sure you put your name on that list. Uh, we appreciate you very much. We'll have more to say about that uh, date uh, later. Along with Tommy, Stephen, and Jordan, I do like to welcome you to <clears throat> excuse me, the morning services of the Boomwood Church of Christ for those uh, in attendance this morning and those online. We have a few announcements before we uh, conclude our services this morning. Um, there will be no service today at the Landmark Nursing and Rehab. The beautiful flowers on display in the auditorium this morning is from the children of Jean and James Kaiser. There's 284 present here today. Again, just a reminder of this Tuesday, November the 22nd, we'll continue our tradition of having our midweek Bible study on Tuesday. And you got to get excited about the pie supper. That's all I got to say about it, but uh, that's going to be wonderful. These are all the announcements I have at this time. If you would, please stand for a closing prayer. <clears throat> Let's pray. Most gracious and loving Father, we bow with <clears throat> humble hearts this morning, Father, just thanking you for this day, just recognizing you, Father, as the source and giver of all things. So thankful for the that we can honor you with the glory of this service today. Father, we just pray we'll take this lesson, apply it to our lives, and be the best Christians that we can be. Father, we're mindful of all those who have been mentioned here today, those in the bulletin, those who are having so many health challenges. Father, we just pray your blessings be upon them, the doctors, nurses, and all the caregivers. Father, we just pray that we'll walk by faith this week and just again father just honor you in all the ways that we can we love you in christ's name we pray amen <clears throat>